Welcome to the Teaching and Lectio podcast for the Abbey, a contemplative vineyard church in Columbus, Ohio. You can find previous teachings in our contemplative reading of the scriptures on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website at theabbeycolumbus.church. There you'll also find important announcements along with the location and time of our all-church gatherings and community groups throughout the city. The Abbey is committed to being a church that helps people notice and nurture the work of God in their own lives, in the lives of others, and in the world around us. Hey friends, it's good to see you here this morning. Thanks for being here. Um, If you are new with us, uh, my name is Jared. I'm one of our pastors here. And um, if you are new with us or haven't been with us for a while, maybe somebody has clued you in uh, or you've picked up this morning is going to feel a little different, and that's okay. We didn't uh, want to, to close a family meeting because we want to be a community that's always open. And so you're, uh, you're always having an opportunity to get in on the ground floor in this community. So one of the things that happens in the life of churches is that, you know, people who come sort of later, they always feel like they're not part of the ground floor. You guys ever, like, been a part of something like that? Um, and you're like, I'm not part of the in crowd. Like, let me just say to you that you're always part of the in crowd in this church. <laughs> you're always welcome. So this is a, a family meeting style. We're going to talk a little bit about sort of where we've been, what we've been trying to do since, since, uh, since a global pandemic sort of <laughs> upended all of our lives. Um, and we're going to share a little vision for the summer. We, we have been working really hard on trying to think about what specifically we need to do in the life of this community to sort of move forward. Um, we're going to have uh, some time to share. We'll have some, some time for questions. And then we're going to get super practical. So I'm going to share some very practical things towards the end that um, you're also welcome to speak into and, to, and, to, and to, to ask questions about. And then we're going to worship. And we're going to uh, pray for each other and take the Eucharist together. Um, so... So uh, I'm going to basically start with where we've been and what we've been leaning into, what we've been hoping for, and, and sort of where we're headed from here. Um, and the reason that I want to start like this is simply to say that there's like a lot of moving pieces over the past six or eight months. I just wonder for some of you, how many of you like as the pandemic has retreated? Is that even a thing? Is that actually happened yet? No, we've just sort of moved on. It's actually still spreading uh, pretty uh, wildly throughout the world. Um, I don't know if you guys stay on top of like how things are happening, but even, even in the United States, guys, there's pockets where things are really starting to, to, to fire up. And I don't know like where you are in terms of like your perspective on the pandemic. Some people are still paying attention. Lots of people are like, I'm totally done with this thing. <laughs> We're just moving on. And um, I would say that part of the work that we've been doing leading this community over the past two years is trying to be present to the realities that everyone has had a different response to the pandemic, both in the world around us and within this community. We're just trying to sort out what is best. And part of the work that we've done over the past um, couple of years now, do you guys know it's been two years since, I mean, surely you know that, some of the work that we've tried to do is try to lead in a way that helps people understand that we care about you and that we care about one another. And so we've exercised lots of caution. We've always followed CDC guidelines as best as we can. Um, even, even when uh, like some things weren't applicable to churches, we said, you know what, we're going to do the best we can to love our city and to be a people who love our city by sort of following the rules of the city and submitting to what's happening in our county and that kind of thing. So um, uh, part of the reason that, that we want to sort of start with a bit of an overview of where we've been is that I think that it's really important that if you're going to be a part of this community moving forward, that you have a little bit of a history of sort of what we've done at least over the past nine months. And so as we sort of tried to think about how do we emerge out of this pandemic, um, what became clear to us is that what we what we discerned is that we wanted to turn our shoulders as a church to the larger city. So up until uh, the end of this past year, our church was called Franklinton Abbey because the original sort of plant in this community was pretty geared towards the neighborhood and towards the west side. And um, that had uh, 
a particular reason that I don't want to go into now, but as we discerned our way of coming out of the pandemic, we changed our name from Franklinton Abbey to the Abbey Columbus because we wanted to turn our shoulders towards the city because I think that what we're sensing is that this contemplative, charismatic wedding that we're trying to marriage uh, is that we believe that there's something for our city in the work that we're doing together as a community to slow the life of church down, to help people settle into their own skin, into their own life, into their own story, and to think a little bit slower about what God might be up to. And so we turned our shoulders to the, to the, to the city. We renamed ourselves the Abbey Church of Columbus or the Church is our website. And we began looking for a space that would accommodate uh, that vision um, to be a church that is a little bit more geared towards the growth that is happening in this side of the city. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, there's a lot of housing that's going up in the downtown, short north, west side, east side, within a two-mile radius of this spot right here. It's the fastest growing area of our city. And if you're not like in the church business or a pastor, what you may not understand is that um, there's actually not a lot of churches in the core of the city. It's a lot easier to find um, space and parking and a place that's affordable outside of the core of the city in the suburbs. And most churches, they, they basically tend to gravitate towards the suburbs because of those reasons. And we're trying to be a church that's in the city for the city with our shoulders directed to all of the folks that are moving in this direction. Does that make sense? Um, maybe that's a little bit of insider baseball geek geeking out on, on strategy here a little bit, but that is, that is our heart. That's what we're trying to do. And so as we begin to think about where we could meet as we tried to come out of the, the pandemic into an all-church gathering again, back in September, by the way, we could not find a location other than this one. This is the only spot we were able to find. And the reason that we chose this location is, is for the location and the parking and the beauty. Guys, isn't this a beautiful space? We love this space. Um, the fact that we can store all of this equipment behind that wall, it, it's like the easiest setup for a church plant you could possibly imagine. Um, and uh, this is an arts community. This building houses a bunch of art studios. Um, uh, and we really would love to be a people that, uh, that can create an environment for those people to, to meet Jesus and to have their life shaped in that direction. So we chose this location. Um, there's no school, like, you know, auditorium that we can meet in right now. Um, most schools are not welcoming churches into their auditorium spaces because of COVID. Even the beautiful rec center we have, like, a block from here, um, like, they, we can't even rent that space because they're so understaffed because of COVID, because of budget issues. Even back in the fall, we offered to have them hire <laughs> some of us and train some of us to be on the rec center staff simply so that we could open the building on Sunday. We were actually thinking about, um, you know, becoming rec center staff. I mean, that's how many problems we've been trying to solve, friends. Um, so we found this space, and um, all of the benefits of this space uh, are really great. The challenge of this space is that it's completely unavailable to us in the summer because it's a wedding venue. And you can imagine if you've ever been to a nice wedding or have ever had a wedding, um, they, they cost a lot of money. And this is a huge revenue stream for the people that own this building. And they're like, look, we can't have a church here on a Sunday morning, <laughs> you know, because that takes away, you know, unless you're going to cater a meal afterwards, it doesn't make any sense uh, for the people who own this building. They've done a great job of working with us. And still this space is expensive. It's expensive for us, guys. Um, and so one of the very practical things that we're going to begin thinking about and working on this summer, and we got a team of people already working on it, uh, is to find a space that we can meet in uh, three times a month. So three all-church gatherings a month, and then one 
gathering a month will be in community formation groups, which we can talk a little bit more about. Some of the feedback that we've gotten is it's really confusing for people to have two meetings here and one meeting a block away, and we get that. Nobody's doing that on purpose. It's just we're trying to figure out how to piece it together. Um, so uh, it costs um, five to $600 every time we gather in this space. And it costs $150 to gather in the smaller space. And so we've been sort of trying to move some things around to figure out how do we do this. And with uh, like a radically shrinking budget over the past year, um, we've just had to make some tough calls. And here's what we thought would happen. We thought we would gather in this space, beautiful. Um, it took us four months to get sound equipment. Um, we ordered sound equipment in August of last year, and we didn't get it until January uh, because of the supply chain and um, all the kinds of stuff. Uh, there were thousands of boats off the coast of San Francisco, um, and our sound equipment was on one of those boats for three months. <laughs> so um, I'm just I'm saying all of this to say there here's here's sort of the life of our church in pandemic. The life of our church in pandemic was trying to be present to each other trying to think about how to worship God still, trying to care for one another and grieve all of the things that all of us were losing during the pandemic, trying to be present to the, to the things that were slipping out of our hands, um, people who were sick and out of work. Uh, we, we provided over $20,000 of just relief in the community for people who needed um, sort of financial relief. And we, we sort of just went all in and just said, we're going to care for each other um, and, um, and we're going to help each other grieve. The season that we've been in the past four or five months is everything I've explained to you plus trying to figure out how to relaunch. And um, I think we've done a really great job. I think um, our, our worship is beautiful um, we've welcomed Noah and Naomi to lead us in worship. We're actually going to lay hands on them and pray for them today before worship. Um, they're going to lead us into this next season as our worship leaders. And um, aren't they lovely, guys? Just, yeah. It's been such a gift to have you guys. Um, such a gift, guys. Uh, guys, these guys, I, you probably don't know how good we have it. I mean, listen, and let me just say this. Um, you know, Steve Detloff, uh, who led us for a number of years, the past three or four years, Steve and Janelle. Um, we miss them. Um, they had taken a step back. They've needed to sort of pivot into a couple other things. Um, uh, Steve also has just led us so well. Uh, would love to have had an opportunity just to lay hands on Steve, um, you know, as they departed. I think they are back at, uh, you know, another church trying to sort out some things in their life. If you guys have been a part of our community, you know Janelle lost her mom um, last year, and that was just really hard on, on the debt lofts. And so, uh, so really grateful that God brought us Noah and Naomi sort of to, to sort of step in at a really important time. Um, so we began looking for a space. This is the space we found. And what we've been leaning into is learning how to worship together again. Uh, we've been leaning into the scriptures, um, teaching and praying the scriptures in our Lectio service, um, and uh, sharing the Eucharist. So, um, friends, this is uh, a church that takes very seriously the meal that we share together. We really believe that the presence of God comes when we break the bread and remember the work of Christ on the cross. And so we have leaned into what that means, particularly after two years of not being able to be in person, embodied, breaking bread, drinking Welch's grape juice. Um, we really take it seriously. So worship and scriptures and the Eucharist are the center of our life together as a community. And um, uh, I'm excited. We have all of next year um, our teaching um, like planned out. We're going to be teaching through the book of Acts, and I'm going to tell you a little bit why we're going to be doing that um, towards the tail end. Um, 
But this is a community that is rooted in the scriptures, that we want the scriptures to be completely saturated in our lives, that our story is part of that story, and we're trying to figure out how to be a people who, who really lean into that. So in all of this, um, uh, our vision has never changed. Our vision has remained the same. So if you're new here or newish and you're wondering, like, what is this church about? I'm, I'm going to tell you actually right now. Um, the vision of this church is to notice and nurture the work of God in your life, in the lives of others, in the world around us. To notice and to nurture the work of God in your life, in the lives of one another, in, in the world around us. And the assumption that undergirds this is that as we become this kind of people, we become the kind of people that allows God to do God's work in us. We become the kind of people that is able to notice the work that God is doing in one another and to call that out, to be able to say, this is what I see God doing in your life. This is what I've noticed about you. I mean, how amazing would it be if we're a community that is constantly encouraging the work of God in one another's life? Friends, we are not meant to journey in our life with God alone. We're meant to journey with one another. There are things in your life with God that you cannot gain by yourself. And so we want to be a people that's able to look at Hannah or Rachel or, or uh, Noah or Heather and be able to say, here are the things that I see God doing in your life. This is what I notice is happening. And the other assumption is that as we lean into that, as we do those kinds of things, um, that we learn how to notice how God actually works in people. And then we look out into the world and we notice where God is on the move out into the world. And we join God in that work uh, around us in our city. And so, um, you know, we don't have like a particular uh, sort of, you know, we don't have a food pantry. We don't have like, hey, this is the kind of th thing that we do as a church. What we hope will happen is that, is that we, with our eyes, are looking out in our city and as you grow in your life with God, the idea is that you will join things that God is doing in the city, and then we get to say, how do we help get behind you in that? And one of those things that, uh, that we are going to be leaning into that Hannah's going to share a little bit more about is the work that she's involved in, um, Heather Mormon's involved in with Sanctuary Night here. Um, guys, it's happening, uh, like, tomorrow is the first... Uh, opening of this new building um, that Hannah has been working on, Heather has been working really hard on. Um, I thought I saw Tori in the room. She might be with Edith, but uh, Tori has been working really hard on. And um, guys, just the, the fact that this church has been a support to this work, um, it's now really time to lean in and get hands dirty and to be a present on the, on the west side. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. So to notice and nurture the work of God in your life, in the life of others, and in the world around us. And um, at the heart of what we're trying to do in the life of this community is that the way that we nurture this in our life is through practicing. We practice. How many of you, like, have ever learned an instrument? Anybody? Like, lots of people. Kind of. Heather has, like, kind of learned it. Um, or play to sport. Anybody play to sport? So the way that we learn how to become a particular person that plays the guitar or the piano or hits a baseball is, is practice. Nobody ever knows how to do those things without practice. And our life with God of noticing and nurturing is the same way, is that we have to practice our way into our life with God. And I would say that one of the distinctions that we're trying to make in the life of this community is that you cannot change in your life with God. You cannot grow as a follower of Jesus by simply taking in knowledge into your head. It has to become embodied, and you have to practice your way into it. And the, the practices that we are leaning into in the life of this community form the way of life of this community, that there's a certain shape to our life together. And the idea is that our life is meant to bend towards the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? That there's an active participation where we actually have to lean in and bend our life in that way because 
we live in a culture that is bending our life in the other way. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? You're being bent in another way. Through advertising, through uh, like artificial intelligence on your phone sucking you into like Instagram reels, you know, which by the way, I love. I love them. I love the fail videos. I love all of the things. But there's all of the, you're like, fail videos? Really, dude? Uh, there's all sorts of ways that we're being bent in the other direction. And so as a community, what we're trying to do is to lean our life towards the kingdom of God and the six practices of this community that we want to be true of our life and leaning in together are the practice of prayer, hospitality, living generously, formational healing, spiritual friendship, and discernment within community. And many of you are like, man, that feels like a lot. Okay? It's never the case that we're going to ask you to lean into all six of these at once. Does that make sense? We're not trying to wear you out. In fact, what we're trying to do is slow you down. We're trying to slow your life down. And what we want to do is create a culture in this community where you're, you're visiting these things and you're seeing other people visit these things and then you're asking a question, God, what are you inviting me into in this season? This is not a list that we're asking you to carry around like walking through the city, okay, I gotta do all these things. It's like, God, what are you inviting me into? And the, the thing that we're doing this summer is that we've created some tracks for you to run on, to walk on, or run. You can run or walk, whatever you want. Some courses that are related to these practices to begin to deepen our life together as a community. And so I don't know what next summer is going to look like, but the thing that's in my heart and the thing that is in the heart of our leadership team is that each summer we would sort of take a step back and dig deep into practicing our way of life together through these six practices. And we'll have different things. And, and the, the goal is that each summer we'll be able to layer a little bit more. So you fast forward a few years and we've got six, eight options for you to sort of gauge your life by and to lean a little bit into in the summer. Um, and, and we're going to talk just a little bit more about that. So that's called our Summer School of Formation. It's up on the website right now. And um, we would love for every single person to at least choose one pathway this summer. We're going to continue to do our community formation groups once a month. We're going to continue to do our, our Lectio Sundays. We're going to have monthly worship evenings. Um, guys, we're going to play together. We're going to have some cookouts and some bocce ball and the, what's the beanbag tossing game? Cornhole. Like, guys, here's the thing. Um, the shape of this community looks really different than it did two years ago. How many of you were here two years ago? Like, maybe half. And what that means is most of us don't know each other. We've not spent time together. We've not played together. We've not shared meals together. And even in those two years, those who were part of this church didn't share meals together, didn't play together. And so we're trying to create a community that feels a little bit more like a family. And so we're going to do some family stuff. We're not going to rent a bouncy house unless... Somebody wants to rent a bouncy house. I'm not like a bouncy house kind of guy. Rachel's all over the bouncy house. Okay. Could, is there an adult bouncy house? Is there really? Okay. Um, Rachel's going to be passing a basket for renting the bouncy house, I guess. So um, we'll see if we can find a line item in the budget for a bouncy house. But we want to have some fun together, guys. Um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the folks I talk to... Um, it's been hard to have fun during the pandemic. I mean, do, are you guys trying to like learn how to have fun again? I mean, maybe that's just me. I'm just like, uh, I, I just need to play a little bit. And so we wanna do that together as a family. And in order to do that, we need to make space. 
So we're going to continue to worship. We're going to continue to pray the scriptures. We've got courses for you to lean into. Um, we have uh, some sort of family picnics um, planned at the park probably. And then we're going to continue to do our community formation groups. So I'm going to ask um, Hannah and Rachel and Heather to come share a little bit about uh, some of our summer school of formation um, right now. Okay, um, I have two tracks, I guess, that I want to talk about for this summer. One, yeah, just taking up too much space, man. <laughs> I say that with all the friendship in my heart, yeah. Um, so one is the Sanctuary Night Apprenticeship. Um, so, and this actually sort of came out of last summer, um, Rayleigh Boyd actually spent her summer doing sort of an internship apprenticeship with Sanctuary Night and she loved it and I loved it so much that we're going to offer it again um, to the community. So if there are folks that want to, first of all, let me say this. Um, if you feel sort of, you know, intrigued by, you know, justice and mercy work in general, but you don't feel specifically drawn to this particular issue, I still think there's something potentially for you in this summer. So although we're going to kind of lean into the specific work of Sanctuary Night, my hope is that some of the work that I, some of the syllabus I've created for this is to help you think um, to help you ask questions, to help you think theologically about the work of justice. Um, so there, in other words, there would be application for you if you say, you know, I feel drawn or called to this other issue, but um, I, I still think this could be for you. Does that make sense? Um, so it's going to be mostly self-directed. I, again, there will be sort of a list of things, suggestions I'll have for you in terms of things that you might want to read or podcasts to listen to, um, while also getting trained in and doing some of the actual work of being a host in the Sanctuary Night space, but doing it in a deeper way. So not just the typical, I'm a volunteer, I get trained, I do the thing. Um, you'll do that, but you'll also have some things that will, you know, just go hand in hand in terms of reading and thinking and some questions I'll have for you to consider. You'll meet with me a couple times this summer and we'll talk through that. The other thing is I've crafted this to actually correspond with all six of these commitments. So, um, you know, obviously the work of Sanctuary Night really relates to, I would say, hospitality and living generously. Um, but we're actually going to give you a couple things to think about as it relates to each of these commitments. So it's going to be a really, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I'll just say that. I would love for you. And this is, a, this is as Jared said, a great time to get involved. Um, we are having our grand opening this week. Um, and so we will, even if you don't want to do this apprenticeship this summer, let me say this, we also have a volunteer training coming up on Monday, June 6th. So even if you're like, I can't really commit to the whole thing, but I would like to get involved and I haven't been able to do that yet, we're doing a combined training. So she has a name, is conducting their Human Trafficking 101 training for us that morning. And then the second part of the training will be in the new building. So come on, you know, you want to see it. Um, so... I know people have jobs and stuff, but anyway, Monday, June 6th is a great day to put on your calendar if you're interested. So if you want to learn more about that, or even if you just want to have a conversation with me afterward, I'm, I'll definitely stick around, um, but you can um, go to the website, theabbycolumbus.church, and express your interest there as well. Um, the other track that I want to speak about is what we're calling the formational healing journey. Can anyone guess which commitment that relates to? <laughs> um, so Rachel and I are going to be co-leading this. It's going to be a five-session class. Um, and uh, he here's the thing. So many of you know that long before I was a pastor, I'm a counselor. And I would say both in both of those hats, I think the work of emotional healing and health is super important. I say that because I actually think some of our emotional unhealth gets in the way of us being the kinds of people that God is, you know, calling us to be. Um, and I just think so many of us are carrying things that we were just never meant to carry. And so I have a lot of desire to see all of us 
lean into this work. Um, so what I'd like to do over the summer is to show you, you know, the picture I keep coming, that keeps coming up for me is like a banquet of options because I'll be honest with you, I've seen God do healing in people's lives with so many different modalities as a therapist and as a pastor, whether those are, you know, working with a life coach, working with a ther therapist, doing group work, doing individual work, so many options. And I want us to enjoy that feast together. I want us to come together to learn about some of the different options. My hope is that, you know, something really resonates with, with people and you go a little deeper at some point. Um, but here's the hard part to communicate. I'm not just going to, it's not just going to be a, you know, here's this healing modality, surface level, do what you want with it. We are actually going to go a little deeper with each other. So, so much of this work I've seen happens individually. People go see a therapist on their own. They do this work. And what we really want to do this summer is also do this as a community, do it together. Um, because of that piece that Jared talked about earlier, that we're, we're noticing not only what God is doing in our lives, but in the lives of each other. And I think that this is a way that we can do that. So some of the things we're going to talk about in these five sessions, and you can learn more about this from, on the website, but we're going to talk about authenticity with God and others. We're going to talk a lot about family systems, <clears throat> about identifying our values. We're going to get into some attachment stuff and ways that we protect ourselves with defense mechanisms and all of that. And we're going to do all of that in community, um, led by Rachel and I. So um, I think that's all I have to say about that. Is this a good time to take questions, or should we just move on? Let's move on. Sister. Um, for those of you who are just joining us, I'm Sister Heather. I am a pastoral apprentice here at the Abbey, and I also have two tracks. So the first uh, relates to the practice of prayer, and that is uh, a 12-week journey through the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. Uh, one of my favorite things that somebody said about the spiritual exercises, it was um, a priest who was actually, like, had already gone through seminary and been ordained, and when he went through the exercises, he said, I feel like somebody finally taught me how to pray. So if you can imagine that, you know, a fully ordained priest didn't really feel like he understood prayer until he'd gone through the exercises. I think that's pretty amazing. And when I did the exercises, I think four or five years ago now, it, it absolutely completely changed the way I relate to God, especially in prayer. I cannot recommend these highly enough. Um, I got trained so that I could lead people through these because I've just seen them transform so many lives. So, this 12-week journey through the spiritual exercises is designed to be an introduction to Ignatian meditation and contemplation of the scriptures. Um, anyone who has a sincere desire to know and love Jesus more, cultivate a deeper understanding of the work that God is doing in them, and develop the interior freedom necessary to nurture that work, will benefit greatly from this journey. Participants will be expected to set aside a minimum of 30 minutes a day, ideally in the morning, and engage, the, um, and engage uh, a prayer of exam in about 10 minutes every evening. Um, and then once a week, we'll meet for uh, group spiritual direction. It is so fun to go through these as a group and hear how God is moving in everybody else's lives. So I highly recommend that. There is a materials fee for this uh, because you'll get a workbook. So we need people to register sooner rather than later so that we can order all of those books. The other track that I am offering has to do with discernment in community. We all experience ups and downs in our life with God. There are times when God feels close and we are filled with desire and energy for the spiritual life. And there are times when it feels like the bottom has dropped out, like God is far away or completely absent and we are entirely lacking in energy to pursue the things of God. Um, what I don't think gets said often enough is that this ebb and flow is entirely natural. You're not doing anything wrong or right. Like, this is the spiritual journey. This is how God forms us. And if we know how to understand what is happening and respond appropriately, these ups and downs can be a rich source of spiritual growth. 
This is the discernment of spirits. Discernment simply means choosing between two things based on their qualities. And it is a vital piece in the, the notice and nurture that is our ethos here in, in the Abbey community because not everything you notice should be nurtured. <laughs> At least in my life, most of what I notice should not be nurtured. So, uh, speaking to his disciples in John chapter 10, Jesus says, let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. A sheep wrestler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate, the gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but they will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told this simple story, but they still had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. Sheep wrestlers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they have ever dreamed of. I am the good shepherd. In this four-week class, you'll learn how to cultivate a lifestyle of discernment where you are noticing your interior movements, and discerning whether it is the good shepherd calling you out into green pastures and beside still waters, or the enemy trying to lure you into the valley of the shadow of death. You'll also know how to respond in either case. This class is also excellent preparation for all other tracks this summer. It is four weeks and it starts um, in less than two weeks on May 12th. So definitely, I, I think, Everybody should take this. <laughs> and Rachel. Thank you, sister. So I'm going to be sharing with you what this um, summer school formation will look like for our young people. Um, and I want to be clear that uh, when I think about my work with our kids and families, I don't often focus on what programming looks like, though today I'm talking to you about programming. Um, but instead, I am thinking about our handful of families and the individual kids that I know and that I love. Um, and so today, when I considered how to share with you what my heart was for this summer, a specific passage came to mind. <clears throat> and it's Ephesians 3:16 through 21. And this is the passage that I want to dive into and that I also want to offer to our young people this summer. It says, And I pray that God, out of the riches of divine glory, will strengthen you inwardly with power through the working of the Spirit. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, will be able to grasp fully the breadth, length, height, and depth of Christ's love. And with all God's holy ones, experience this love that surpasses all understanding so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God to God whose power now at work in us can do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. To God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, world without end. Amen. And I don't know about you, but when I come to that passage, I get something different out of it every time. And so why don't we start early? My hope is that in starting early with our kids this summer, they can understand the truth of the passage. So to get into the specifics of programming, for our Sunday school age, which is about three to nine years old, we're going to continue with Sunday school during our all-church gatherings and then have some fun events throughout the summer. 
Um, and for our elementary and middle school ages, we're gonna continue with our Wednesday night gatherings. And my hope again is to do a special project like we did last summer for Sanctuary Night. And lastly, for our high school age, um, we're gonna be meeting every other week throughout the summer. So if this applies to you, know that more information will be coming to you this week. Um, but we're gonna be doing a book and Bible study. And the book we're gonna be using is called Rising Troublemaker, a Fear Fighter Manual for Teens. And it's written by Lovey Ajayi Jones. And she was inspired by the quote by Congressman John Lewis that says, Never be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. And I think oftentimes for young people, we can be told a lot of what we shouldn't do. And so this summer, I want to empower us towards the things that we can do by pointing our youth towards a mission of living generously as they experience the healing of knowing who God made them to be. And so I'm excited to be the church with all of us this summer. Thanks. Thanks, Rachel. Good job. How, how many of you want to join a youth group right now? Anybody want to be? <laughs> anybody want to be in Sunday school with Rachel? Golly. I think um, obviously I'm I'm super grateful for all of our team, but like I just guys. Rachel's awesome. And I, I got to tell you, I, here's, here's my take. I think kids' ministry is super weird in so many places. And I think um, Rachel has just taught me a lot about how to be present um, to families in a way that's so authentic. And I think, man, if I would have had a framework around what it meant to be a part of a church as a kid... Um, you know, guys, we're, I'm following, into, as I lead us as, as a church, I'm following so much of Rachel's heart, um, listening to her. She's always bringing perspective about what we're thinking about with the kids and the teens um, that just sort of breaks a lot of categories. And um, so just super grateful, and I'd, I'd like to join your youth group. So thank you. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, one of the things that you might notice, and I'll just say this now, and, and I'd be happy to answer some questions. Um, I actually am not leading a track um, at all. And here's why. Uh, uh, two things. I have been in a book contract with a major Christian publisher for a year now, and I still have a third of that book to write. And I need to do that in the next seven weeks. So you can pray for me. Uh, it's, an, yeah, it's an important part of my work. Um, writing is really hard work. And I'm going to be taking, I'm, I'm still going to be taking on some meetings. I'm still going to be here at our gatherings um, in May and June and all through the summer. Um, but I'm going to primarily be focusing on writing for the next two months um, while also leading our team. And then um, I'm going to be taking a sabbatical in July and August. Um, and my wife just gave a yippee. Did you hear that? Guys, listen, this is a family meeting. I just want to be really transparent and honest with you. Um, I, I find myself exhausted. Um, I think leading in the past two years is catching up to me. And I'm going to take some time off and rest and play and um, be ready for what happens in the summer. And so some very practical things that are going to happen is um, we're going to begin tweaking some of how our team works. We're going to begin thinking about what do we need to actually do to create some structure. Um, it's always been the vision of this church to be an elder-led church. And some of that may not make sense to you, but what we envision is, is uh, a team of elders that are providing vision and support to the life of the church. And we were uh, gearing up to lean into that direction when the pandemic hit. We were thinking about what does it look like to, to select elders uh, to lead in the life of church? What's it look like to train elders um, so that all of the weight and responsibility is not just on a few people, but it's dispersed and there's a lot more. So we've got a lot of systems that we need to rebuild and we're going to begin gearing towards rebuilding some of those systems on top of finding a new location. Or maybe we get to be in this location again in the fall. 
Uh, maybe we get to, to figure that out. I'm not sure you guys can pray about that. Um, but there's a lot of heavy lifting just mechanically um, in order to sort of reemerge in September out of our school of formation into the regular rhythms of our church. And um, we're going to begin thinking of that. There are um, probably four or five families that are not here this morning. Um, we've recorded this for them. I'll be shooting some videos. Um, we're going to continue to, to uh, create context for feedback from you. So on our website, there's a send us a note button. You can always like give us your feedback if we aren't able to answer questions for you in the next 10 or 15 minutes. So that's what we have. I know we've said a lot. We've just talked at you for like 45, 50 minutes. What questions immediately emerge um, out of this that you'd like to ask? Is anything not clear? Tori. Uh, it's a great question. Um, we can think with families about childcare. So we've tried to design the tracks so that, um, you know, if, if you're a, you know, a husband, a wife, spouse, you've got kids, what may need to happen is, uh, you know, one does this track and another does this track. But we're open to thinking about, look, if both of you feel called to this track, we are absolutely open to, like, um, providing, providing childcare. So that's a great question. Yeah. So some of the tracks are on Thursday nights. Um, some of them are actually on Sunday mornings, those five times. Um, so we're, we're super open. Yeah. Everything's on the website right now. Yep. You can go there. It's at the top. Click through descriptions. You can sign up. Um, one of the things that's not on the website that, um, I'm still, thinking about and trying to, to organize is, is we'd like to create some context where we just get together and pray, um, probably in the morning hours at the Sanctuary Night building. And so we, we don't quite have that together. We, we want to think that through a little bit more, but there'll be opportunity to like have some, some times where we just gather at, you know, 7.30 a.m. with a cup of coffee and just pray in small groups. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So our, we thank you, Jason, for asking that. We had hoped to be able to launch um, uh, an app uh, this morning. Um, the folks that are doing that, um, and by the way, just I want to say like that, you're like, man, you guys have a church app? Like that sounds sick. Uh, it just, it comes with a platform that our website's built on, but it's taken much longer. But what will happen in the next week or two is that we'll be able to send out a link. You'll be able to download an app. It'll be the Abbey, the Abbey app, and all of the information will be there. We'll be able to communicate. We'll be able to form groups. You'll be able to message. Uh, we'll post a video, and you'll get a notification. Like, there's a video posted. And so we're trying really hard to create context of communication. But for now, our website is the main thing for the calendar and for sign-up and that kind of stuff. Heather. Yeah, so right now our, prim our primary space of gathering will be Wild Goose Creative for the summer. So we'll do once a month our Lectio meetings, and then we'll have a monthly worship evening, uh, either on a Sunday or a Monday night, um, which will probably either be at um, Wild Goose or it will be uh, like in the park somewhere. So we're still trying to figure some of that stuff out. Yeah, Tori? Um, I don't think we have that nailed down yet in terms of time. We just got the dates, but probably, did we? Seven. Did you say seven? Seven o'clock. Worship. Great question. We are looking basically in the downtown core. Um, and so, uh, like, even as far as a little bit on the east side, we are looking 
in Franklinton, um, really whatever becomes available. So we really want to try to stay pretty central. Maybe bleed into the short north a little bit. Um, though, honestly, we're trying to stay around here to be a church, like, right in the city. So, and listen, guys, a lot of this is driven by finances. So um, I, I just want to say really clearly, uh, I mean, our budget is probably 40% of what it used to be. And uh, the reality is, is that it takes people giving to this work to make church happen. Um, every, every person on our staff uh, has taken some level of financial hit in the past six months. So we've decreased hours or pay without decreasing hours. It's just the reality. And so the, the, the thing I would want to say is that if you consider yourself part of this community and you haven't started giving financially, um, we'd ask that you would do that. That's part of a stewardship. It's commitment to living generously through the life of this church. So. Yeah. Where were the classes meet? Um, we're still sorting that out as well in terms of where the classes will meet. Um, I want to say something else about the exercises of St. Ignatius. Um, even for you, for you teens that are in the room, like this would actually be a wonderful thing. Um, I know summer tends to sort of like, what am I doing all summer long? But we'd love to provide this structure for you 30 minutes a day for you to like begin to think about how to pray through the scriptures. So if you're a, a younger person in the room and want to talk with me about that, I guess most of those people are my kids, but I'd love to chat with you about that as well if you're interested. It'd be a really great supplement um, and we can really journey with you on that. So yeah, one of the other um, options that uh, in terms of spaces um, is still the rec center. So we're trying to chip away at, can we be creative? Basically, the rec center would be a, a sweet space. It would be very inexpensive. It's, it's uh, got lots of room for kids. It's, an out, it's got an outdoor playground. It's right here in the neighborhood. They just don't have anybody to staff it on a Sunday morning. And so um, we're trying to work with them a little bit to try to stretch their imagination. I don't know how you do that, but that's what we're trying to do. Anybody else have questions? Yes, Mrs. Boyd. Yes. And, and listen, um, part, part of that sign-up feature, um, like we're going to be touching base with you and asking you, how do we help make this happen for you? And if that is about childcare, we want to be creative about, about the childcare situation. So if you really need childcare um, for these four Thursday nights and you've got a babysitter, I mean, we'd love to work with you. Maybe we can help offset some of that cost for you. Um, maybe there's some teenagers here who aren't doing anything in the summer who want a little babysitting job. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're going to try to work with you a little bit on this. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great, that's good feedback. Let's, can we come back at you with that? We could, we could consider that. What would be most helpful, like 5 p.m.? Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. That's great feedback. Awesome. We'll consider that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
It will, it's, I can't right now, it's on the website. Yeah. Yeah. It's used, yeah. The fourth Sunday of the month is usually our Lectio Sunday, but because I don't feel 100% confident that I'm correct on that, I'll point people to the website. But usually the fourth Sunday a month is our Lectio Sunday, and that'll be at Wild Goose. Um, yeah, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we sent out a survey, um, you know, f four to six weeks ago trying to get a sense. Honestly, that survey was like, who's with us? Who's in? Who, who, who uh, hasn't come back, but maybe is planning on coming back? And then we actually asked people to, to consider what might you give financially um, over the next year. We're trying to get a sense of budget. So if you haven't filled out the survey, there's a little link at the top of our website. We'd encourage you to do so um, because there are lots of things that are contingent upon finances, about where we meet, um, about how we shift what we do, about how quickly we can move into some things. So um, that the results of that were shared with our team and have informed how we begin to think about really the fall. The summer was already planned. We planned the summer back in February because we knew we would not have this space. So, yeah. Was that helpful, Jason? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we do have a rough idea. I don't think everybody, like I know that even everybody here didn't fill out the survey, which is, I mean, it's fine. Um, but we do have a good sense of who's, of who's here, who's with us. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming if you're in the room today and you've come for a family meeting with the exception of, of if this is your first time, by the way, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the family. It's great. Um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you're with us if you're here in the room. Um, and again, there's like maybe four or five other families that I know are with us. They just couldn't be here today. There's people traveling and, um, have a couple other things going on. So yeah, right now I would say we have between 40 and 50 adults that are sort of leaning into our direction saying this is likely to be, or is my church. And then would you say how many kids? 20 under 11? Okay, so we have 20 kids under the age of 11, okay? So, you know, post-pandemic, um, you know, we're a church of 60 to 75 people. And, you know, we can build with this. We really can. I'm super excited about where we're headed. And I don't know if you guys are paying attention, um, and I want to make sure we leave some space for worship because I really want to worship together. Um, the church in the United States is having a moment right now. Do you guys know this? Um, uh, 50 per, 50, 56% of churches in the U.S. are on the brink of closing. 56% of the churches. This is the recent Barna data. That's a lot of churches that are on the brink of closing. So... Um, I have a lot of hope. Guys, we've spent a lot of time thinking and praying about how do we get the velocity to sort of go. And we really feel like going deep this summer will lay a foundation so that we can uh, sort of in, this, in September kind of like leave the orbit of, of like all of the things that are about church planting. Not all of the things. Like if we, if we choose, and like, so let me just like give you like an, a little insight on like some of the things. Like if we choose a space without storage, what that means is that we're buying a small trailer, we're putting all of this stuff in a trailer, and then every time we gather in that space, somebody drives the trailer, opens the doors, and we've got a team of people 
unloading and setting up and then loading. I mean, that's, that's just reality. So one of the benefits of this space is it's a 10-second walk to get all of this equipment. And it's been, I mean, our setup is 20 minutes. So these are some of the features. What's more important, saving money or saving time and people and volunteer? And what's more important? I don't know. You tell me. What do you want to do? I mean, <laughs> we're going to try to figure that out together as a community. So can we, can we um, is there anybody else that has a burning question? Okay. Here's what I'd love to do. Um, I want to worship. Guys, worship's really important. I want to worship together. I want to invite Noah and Naomi to come up. Um, we're going to pray for them right now. I want to invite uh, Hannah and Rachel to come up and Heather. Guys, this is our, if you, if you don't know, this is sort of our leadership team, myself and Hannah and Rachel and Heather. Uh, we meet together every week to pray and to think. And we're going to be thinking about what the shape of, of the future of the team looks like. Um, but we're just going to lay hands on Noah and Naomi to take us into this next, next season. Um, so I want to invite you to reach out your hands in prayer. And, um, and we're just gonna, we're going to bless them to lead us. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come right now. God, we know that you are so overjoyed with the gifts that you've given these young ones, I want to say. And thank you so much, God, for the joy that they bring into the life of this community. God, I pray that you would increase those gifts, that you would increase the gifts of how to give that away to others. We thank you for the new baby that's coming into their life. God, we we pray that you would bless their marriage during this time. God, I just ask God that you would just come right now, that you would just settle in their hearts the gifts that they have for the church, for this church in particular. We thank you, God, that they carry the aroma of worship. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, thanks, guys. Would you lead us in worship? Okay. I said, no, I'm going to preach. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> You're like, oh, my gosh. I do want to close with just, um, just a short word of encouragement. Um, <clears throat> in Acts chapter 14, um, Paul and his buddies are in a city called Iconium, and um, all kinds of things are happening. All kinds of healing is happening. They're praying for people. They're preaching the gospel in the synagogues. And what's happening is that the, the locals, the, the sort of Greek-speaking people, the, the people who have no faith at all, they begin to see, um, they begin to see Paul and his buddies, um, particularly Barnabas, they begin to see them as gods because of all of the miraculous things that are happening. And they begin to actually bring Paul and Barnabas gifts as though they were one to worship Paul and Barnabas. Meanwhile, the religious people are wanting to drag Paul and Barnabas out of the city and throw stones at them to kill them. Because so this is what's happening in the life, just a typical day in the life of a church planter, basically. And um, what, what is interesting is that, uh, like, there's so much excitement around, around this. Um, the people who worship Zeus, they turn to Paul and Barnabas as though they were about to worship Paul and Barnabas. And Paul and Barnabas, they tear their robes to expose their naked bodies and say, we're just humans. Believe me, we're just humans. And um, all kinds of good things are happening. And what ends up happening is they do, in fact, pull Paul outside of the city and they stone him and they leave him for dead. And then he wakes up, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm outside the city. I guess I should just go back in. And so he heads back into the city. And I want to I just say something. It says, um, uh, but while the disciples stood around him, he got up and he entered the city. And the next day he went away with Barnabas to Derbe. And after they had preached the gospel in that city and they had made many disciples, they returned 
to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, all of the places that they had been sowing seeds, strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter into the kingdom of God. The story of the church is a story of tribulation and people making a decision to stick with it, to see the kingdom of God come. And my commitment to you as your leader is to, in the face of trial and tribulation in this next season, guys, we're going to stick with it. We're going to see this through. And I really believe that in the wake of the pandemic, when everyone's faith feels like it's falling apart, there's so many people whose faith feels like it's falling apart, what people in our city need is for you and I to not lose heart, to keep inviting people to follow Jesus, to keep discipling people in the way of Jesus, and asking people to orient their entire life to Jesus. That is what we are going to do in the life of this church, okay? So I want to um, ask you to open up your hands for a blessing. I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would come and strengthen your soul. I'd strengthen our soul as a community. That we would fight against tribulation. That we might see your kingdom come in our lives, in the lives of those around us, and in our city. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.